Welcome to Avatar with Academics. I am Sam Mulberry, and I have never watched Avatar The Last Airbender. And I'm Annie Berglund, and I have watched it before. All right, Annie, we are up to episode five. Five. Right? So this is uh, book one, chapter one, The King of Omashu? Yes. All right. Um, Let's dive right into the summary here. Uh, This is an episode that I, the first time through, I... Just thought, oh, it's so it was so different, but I really, I really liked this episode. And yeah. it sounds like um, you've done a little bit of research on how these have been reviewed. This is not a beloved episode. No, it's not. Mike and I looked up. My husband Mike and I looked up the um, bottom ten rated episodes of the Avatar series, and this was among them on some. Right. Uh, I don't know if it was on IMDb or something more official, but yeah, I think. I really like the playful aspect of this episode that we'll probably talk about. But I think people felt it was maybe too childish. I don't I don't know. But like it's a kid's show. <laughs> it is it is interesting though if we're thinking about the arc of this show that we we had a fairly like kind of dark episode in the last one or at least it it ended very dark, right? It ended with some realizations about the danger of being the avatar, the danger to other people. So I, in our last episode we ended by saying like, "Oh, I wonder where they go next. It seems like they need to push the plot forward." And then they kind of don't. Like Yeah. Uh it's Aang makes it clear why they're at Omashu and it's not for a particularly good reason. Right. Right. And um Zuko's not even in this episode, right? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's let's dive into the summary. So the the episode opens with Aang Katara and Sokka um, looking up at the Earth Kingdom of Umashu. And this is, um, and it's even Aang who, like, the first line is him announcing this is what it is, almost to the point where it feels like he's announcing the title of the episode, which right. is, he's not quite, but he's, it's pretty close to it. Um, and he says, I used to come here to visit my friend Boomy. Right. right? So we learned that we're going to learn a little bit about, I always struggle with calling him young Aang because Aang is still <laughs> young but this is like a hundred years you know like like the the first the original young young ang yeah um and what's interesting that i noticed is that for katara and and soka or saka they have never seen maybe even a city really we've yeah. only encountered villages i mean they're from a pretty small village uh kiyoshi was a pretty small village so they're kind of like mesmerized by this yeah it's nothing like the south pole they talk about how it's buildings don't look like they're gonna melt right yeah (laughs) um and they also point out that they they have actually learned something in the last episode because they they say you know it's dangerous if people find out that you're the avatar right so that was one of the things we were wondering were they gonna learn and clearly they have yeah and this episode is like we need to disguise you Yep. So they created, how would you describe the disguise that they make for? Uh... They take fur from Appa, right? Mm-hmm. And then they throw it on his head and they like t- kind of tie a bandana around it. And then they give him like a little goatee or like a mustache. Beard. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. Um, and try to make him look like an old man. Like give him a, I think he makes his staff into a cane. Yep. Is that right? Yep. And kind of hunches. hunches. Over. Yeah. Yep. So he's just trying to be this old crotchety man. Yeah, and he, like, gets into character. Like, he talks about how Aang and Katara are these young whippersnappers and stuff. So, like, he instantly, like, snaps into character, which is kind of fun to see. Yeah, and it's fun, too, because they start out talking about, like, oh, a hundred years ago I would go visit. So, it's like, oh, yeah, this is, like, actually how he should look, but he doesn't, you know? Like, he's actually looks 12. And it introduces the comedy of this episode right out of the gate. Yeah. Because this is by far the most... Uh, intentionally, intentionally funny from start to finish episode we're going to see. And I and I just think we should lean into enjoying the comedy of it. Mm-hmm. So we get to the gates of the city. 
Uh, and and Aang announces that the people here are the friendliest people in the world. Uh, but then the first thing we encounter with the people uh, of the city is a, ca- a cabbage vendor getting uh, kicked out by the guards for having rotten cabbages. Yes, first instance instance in the series of cabbages which we'll see comes back quite a bit yes because you actually talked about one of our potential titles for this <laughs> podcast had to do with cabbages and i was like i don't understand what that means and i was and, like you're gonna understand yeah, so so I'm, I'm like tracking um <laughs> yes. cabbages for when that comes up so you know so the his his cart gets thrown off this cliff and he yells out my cabbages which we're gonna hear a couple times in this mm-hmm. episode um and we see that the guard himself is uh, an earthbender. Right. I think it's the first time we – is it the first time we see earthbending? I think so. Yeah. Because we haven't really enc- – I mean, because we didn't see any bending in Kyoshi. Right. Um, or not from the people of Kyoshi. And otherwise, we haven't really met earth people. Right. Yeah. So I think this is like the last bending we haven't seen yet. Right. Um, and the, the, so the guard lifts this rock and sort of is holding it over Aang and tells him to state his business. And here we see Aang playing the, uh, playing the old man and just, it's such a great, cause instead of being afraid, he, he like doubles down on this character and he's like, my business is my business, young man. And don't tell oh, me yeah. what to do. And it's just like, oh, that's the way to play it is he's, he's very bold in like embodying, uh, embodying this character. And it's such an, like an Aang thing to do. Like he, you can tell he thinks it's fun. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. He gets to, he's getting to play here, and he he enjoys being his age, you yeah. know, in, in a certain degree. So he has created a character. We get to see a little bit of Aang's character work here. And I'm his character. really excited for you to say this. Uh, his character's name is Bonzu Pippin Padlopsicopolis the nice. third. Wow, that was smooth. I practiced that <laughs> in the mirror this morning. <laughs> That's right. Um, and and Katara jumps right in. Uh, Sokka kind of stays back. Katara jumps in and says, "Oh, I'm his daughter or his granddaughter, June." <laughs> Um, and, and the, the guard says, well, you seem like a responsible young lady, so you should watch out for your grandfather. Make sure. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure he stays out of trouble. Yeah. Cause he can, cause the guard can tell we're going to let you in, but <laughs> you know, we're leery of you. And like with any of their plans, it always seems like Aang and Katara are the first ones to act. And then Sokka's always like one step behind. So he doesn't actually do anything, right? Like he just kind of <laughs> meanders behind Right, them. right. Cause Katara jumps in, like it's very good improv. It's a lot of yes. And from Katara. Right. right. It's like, okay, we're we're going with it. She learned the name uh, and she she jumps right in. And as they're walking in, there's this moment where um, the guard stops Sokka and it's like, oh, no, is something going to be? And and he's basically says, you need to show respect for your elders. You should be carrying his bag. And Aang gladly th- throws the bag to Sokka. Yeah, he's like, this is a great idea. And I love, too, in this show or in this episode, how the, the humor is like happening in the background and it's usually like one long shot and it's like the person in the foreground person in the background some kind of humor there yes and yes. that's one of the instances of that so we see the the city walls kind of uh, mash uh, magically open up mm-hmm. in an uh, i'm just presuming in an earth bending sort of way right um and then we actually get to see the the city but as they as they walk in you see momo's ears pop out from ang's wig and the guard like catches it right before the the doors shut um <laughs> but but we know that something is up um, so we see that this is a giant city, like built into a mountainside. Citadel. Yeah, the uh, and and Sokka and Katara again, like their faces just show, like, wow, we've never seen infrastructure like this before, right. and probably not a population like no. this before. Oh yeah, their their town was like ten people. Right, right. I mean, you're you're, you're struck by thinking about um, needing to remember 
that they're going into a world that they've never oh, seen yeah. before. Which is funny, too, because I was like, why are they talking about the, like, delivery system? Like, that's the first thing they mention. And it's like, oh, actually, I guess that would be pretty wild for them to see. Right. So so can you describe the delivery system? It's like a series of um, slides, kind of, mm-hmm. right? Like, shoots, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, and you have carts going along them. And I think Aang described it as... Uh, the airbenders use like gravity to the m- earthbenders. Or sorry, the earthbenders use gravity to m- make the cart go down. Or yeah, he like, says, says earthbending brings it up and gravity brings it down. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so then they have these packages come from like the top of the city to their various places throughout. Which I found interesting because here we're seeing a group of people who embraces their abilities, yeah. right? Because in in like like we saw Katara was. Um, not shunned for being a waterbender, but certainly not celebrated. Um, the we don't really get much of a picture of the Airbenders other than the the one uh, Gyatso flashback. Uh, we see the Firebenders using theirs as a weapon, and here we're seeing the Earthbenders using it for like public works. Yeah, it's, it's kind really of practical. Yeah, it's like well, this is this is just how how things get shipped around. Yeah, it like makes me want to know how else you can use those things for just daily life. Right, right. You know, so Sokka's like, so great, they get their mail on time. <laughs> um, and then this is going to lead into a flashback that that um, uh, Aang says, but uh, my friend Boomy found a better use for these shoots. And then uh, then we have this this flashback. Of, I love the flashbacks. Yes. I live for them. A hundred years earlier. So we see a young Aang who looks exactly like current Aang. <laughs> Um, but we see him with uh, a friend. How would you describe what Boomy looks like? Seem- okay, so he looks to be the same-ish age. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably like 12, 13. I- and I thought it was interesting, too, that like the hair that Aang uses as an old man disguise is like the exact same hair that his this friend of his had. It's like pointy, high up, like really straight, almost comical, um, like an afro, but just going straight up in the air. And then has that tie around it, has the facial hair. It's like it's like Aang is emulating this friend from his past as he goes in costumed into the city. Right. And he's got I mean, the things that I notice about him is he has uh, pretty wild eyes. He has, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, kind of crazy Crooked teeth. teeth. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and Boomy throws out a piece of uh, advice for Aang when when they're looking at the city and looking at the shoots, um, which is going to become something that uh, is going to inform this episode and potentially inform another again like a mission statement thing for the show. Mm-hmm. So what Boomy says is instead of seeing what you uh, what they want you to see, you got to open your brain up to the possibilities. So where Aang is seeing, like Katara and Sokka uh, are in in the future. Where Aang is seeing this mail delivery system, uh, Boomy is saying it's the world's greatest super slide. Right. Right. If you get up top and slide down, right, and and ride in one of those carts, it's the most one. And then we get this like we realize that Boomy snorts when he laughs. Right. It's, <laughs> yes. it's a very like like snorty laugh. Yeah. yeah, kind of endearing though. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so so we get this picture of Boomy, and so this is what's interesting is we're we're getting we're starting to fill out the world of Aang's. It's hard. I want to say previous life, but he actually has previous lives. Right. <laughs> but it's like of his his original childhood. Um, yeah. Now we cut back to Aang, Katara, and Sokka at the top of one of the shoots and because so, this is why Aang has come here. Right. And it's so, yeah. It. I mean, he always wants to ride the animals. Now he gets to ride a slide <laughs> through the city. But um, we realize it's also like connecting to his his past, mm. right? Uh, connecting to his this this thing he used to do with this past friend, we also realize that Aang didn't spend his entire 
original childhood at the uh, Airbender Temple. Right. He clearly has been to He's other traveled. parts of the world, right? Yep. He's been here. He has friends here, which also makes you wonder where else has he been? What other friends does he have? Right. Um, so that that's sort of a bigger question that this asks. So he says, one one ride, then we're off to the North Pole, Airbender's Honor. So, so we really do see they're here, not because there's something they need to do here, but Aang is still going to be distracting them on this long road trip that they're on. Right. And trying to bring them fun. I mean, that again, that's what Katara says from the very beginning. Aang brought us fun. And um, and he's trying to continue to remind them that they're they're still children, even at, even when the potentially the weight of the world is on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, so they race down uh, in the chute, uh, followed by this. I can only describe. It's like a it's like another <laughs> yeah. cart like with spears on it, and I'm trying to figure out: Are they delivering spears? What is that? Or is somebody at the top like, oh, these kids aren't are aren't like sliding down this they're using it wrong and then like send spears after them but that means they had the spears ready for that that's like are how many people are to... doing this right it seems very dangerous it's a lot like a um an alpine slide but like yeah. but like an insane alpine slide yeah, going really down everest windy or and yeah yes, yes. like <laughs> loop-de-loos and all that um so they they these they're they're getting chased by these spears and Aang rocks them off the track um to sort of get out of the way of these spears which are gaining on them. Uh and then there's this little comedic moment where we see this military training officer, you know, in, <laughs> yeah. fr- in front of his his troops saying, "Men, you're going to be off in combat soon. It's important that you be prepared for anything." And all of a sudden you see their the the cart that they're on like fly in and knock that guy off. And it like freezes on this picture of all of them in the cart. I accidentally paused at this one moment where the cart's there and like it does freeze for a second mm-hmm. and it's like really playing on the comedy of it. Yeah, it's very uh like Warner Brothers uh Roadrunner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's just like chaotic. Aang's like kicking Katara's face. Sokka's in the back freaking out and like Aang and Momo are living their best lives. This is what they want. So from this, uh, when it when the freeze stops, they they bounce back onto another shoot. Um, Katara says, "Ang, do something. Use your airbending to stop them." Is what she's saying. <laughs> right. He's like, "Oh, great! That'll make us go faster." Yep, it hadn't occurred to him. So they end up crashing through the city. Uh, they this is I, I don't couldn't exactly tell what this guy was doing. It seemed like he was making a pot of some kind, right? Which In made me think of Mike Vangstead, you know, yes. a potter. So. Uh, Mike likes this episode, so maybe he has like a an entry point character with that Potter. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and yeah. So like Aang and and the gang crash through his pot and like fly out. It's just, I mean, it's a big comic exactly. Yeah, scene. Yeah, of yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. a yeah a, a chase scene, a farce kind of moment when right. everything's going going awry, and then all of a sudden we see Momo climbing on Aang's face, wrestling a. a I think it's a cat. I yeah. can't quite tell what it is. It looks like just a normal cat, too. I was like, where are the wings? Or, you know, like, where's the weird part of right. it? Looked normal to me. Maybe it's maybe it's the, the hybrid part of the cat is that it has a great sense of humor. <laughs> there you, you go. Know? Yeah. It has, like, it has, like, a human it's level a sense genius. of humor. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and they finally come to a stop by landing on and destroying a cabbage vendor's cart. And we hear again, my, my cabbages. cabbages. <laughs> You'll pay for this. All right. So this, this sets up then... Uh, we we now sort of propulse into the story. So they're right. brought before the king of Amashu. Um, and the king is very old and also kind of wild looking. And like, I don't know. I guess my sense of him, that scene was like, oh, he, he seems like a bad guy. Maybe. Oh, right? absolutely. He's- like he's got these huge horns on his head and like... Kind of looks a little, little unhinged. Yeah. Well, they they even comment on this, and he also seems out of place when you look at all the other people you see. Um, there's something. Yeah. There's something 
off about him yeah. in some way. So you're you're suspicious of him and uh, and you're not quite sure whether you trust him or what to make of him. Mm-hmm. So he sees he he looks over them uh, and he sees Aang and gives a kind of knowing hmm mm-hmm. you know so loaded so, yeah uh, and the the the. <laughs> Prosecutor, I guess, says that, they, <laughs> yeah, that whatever these, system this is. <laughs> that's right. I, we're not going to get into the Amashu legal system too much, um, but says that they are charged with vandalism, destruction of property, and malicious destruction of cabbages. And the cabbage vendor yells yeah. out, "Off with their heads! One for each head of cabbage they've destroyed." Yeah, they like pan over to him. Yeah, there's a lot of puns in this episode too. Absolutely, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and the the prosecutor says only the king can pass judgment. So it's like, okay, you can't, you don't get to say what the punishment's going to be. It's going to go to the king. So then we cut to the king, and he very slowly says, "Throw them a feast." Right. So we're all of a sudden thinking this guy is not what we expect. Yes, but still very unhinged. Yeah, yeah. You don't know. You don't necessarily <laughs> trust him. No, you're not, ex- you're not. Maybe not excited about this feast, but you're like. What is happening? Yep. Like he's playing with them. Right. So now we cut to the feast and there's this big spread of food. Uh, and the king says that uh, the people of my city have gotten fat from too many feasts. So because of that, there's no skin on the chicken, right? He's, right. Trying yes. to, he's trying to make the food healthier. And then he offers it to Aang. He offers this chicken to Aang and Aang says, I don't eat meat. Is this the first instance where we learn that about Aang? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we we see him eat, but we don't see him eat anything. We don't see him eat anything specifically. Right. We see like Sokka eat more than Aang. Absolutely. Um, And we see, and we, and we also, the only other part where we get a sense of this earlier is in one of the, I think the third episode, Sokka's looking for his uh, blubber jerky, whatever. And Aang's like, that was food? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so, so there could be the, you know, he used that to start the fire. So, you know, he didn't recognize the, the the jerky meat as food. Right. So, you know, we get a little hint of that there, uh, perhaps. Um, Seems very monk-like. That's right. Uh, so here Katara lines up with your point and says, is it just me or does this guy's, guy's crown seem a little crooked? Right. right? Is, there, is there something off here? <laughs> that like hand motion circle around her head. Uh, so the king asks Aang where he's from and Aang thinks for a second and lies and says he's from Kangaroo, Kangaroo Island. Uh, and here we get the the king making a really bad dad joke and saying, oh, I've heard that's a hopping place. Yes. And it's one of these great moments because he makes this joke. There's about two beats and then a cough. Like, <laughs> like that's the only sound. Like, okay, this didn't land. And then all of a sudden, Sokka, Sokka laughs. laughs. Yeah. yeah. And he's oh. like, it's funny. <laughs> always a step behind. And also, he's always the one throwing out, like, stupid jokes anyway. So right, he's like, right. this, is, this is my guy. So they're kindred spirits in this way. <laughs> Um, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we see the king, like, snap and throw a piece of chicken at Aang, which at first is like, what's happening? But what we realize is that um, Aang reacts sort of out of instinct and stops it with airbending and everyone gasps. So the king knew. The king knew, like, oh, yeah. okay, uh, let's reveal really what's happening that here. That costume was not fooling him. That's right. And the king knows he's not just an airbender, but he knows there's... An airbender in our presence, and he's not just the airbender, he's the avatar. Right. So the king just calls it right out. Yeah, and I wonder, too, if uh, the meat was a test, too. Like, I don't know if all airbenders don't eat meat, but I'm kind of assuming that's probably the case. I would assume, like, the, the monk-like thing, that yeah, sort of... Yeah, like, culturally, th- they just don't... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I thought maybe, like, first test, does he eat meat? Oh, he doesn't. Oh, next, I'll, like, throw something at him, you know? Right, right. 
Uh, so then he says, what do you say for yourself? And Aang's like, yeah, yeah, I'm the Avatar. And he's like, you know, just doing my Avatar thing, keeping the world safe. And he's Which kinda... is like kind of all we know about the Avatar <laughs> right. at this point anyway. It's right, like, it's like nah. Aang, Aang knows about as much as we do. And he kind of like looks under the table and he's like, well, no, no firebenders here. Everything seems in order. Yep, yep. <laughs> And then they're like walking towards the door, like, "Oh well, we'll be out." <laughs> yeah. So, and I love, I love his like his parting words are like, "So love each other, respect all life, and don't run with spears." And like they're trying to slip out, and the guards like, the guards stop them. Um, and uh, Katara's Katara yells to the king. There's another bad joke coming. Uh, says, "Let us leave." And the king picks up a leaf from his t- plate and says, "Lettuce leaf." And, and then, then we, chomps. And then we see him chomping at it. <laughs> and the only sound is like him chomping on the lettuce leaf and then like clown music in the background yeah, yeah, and a, silence. A little sting of like he's making jokes. He's like living in a world where everyone around him is serious and he's trying to trying to make jokes. Which like <laughs> does kind of make him seem like a genius. Maybe he's at a different level. I don't Absolutely, know. Absolutely, yeah. So he he announces now that tomorrow the Avatar will face three deadly challenges. So so he says, okay, so you guys need to rest up. So go to go to your chamber. And this is this is maybe my favorite part uh, in in the the whole episode because the the guard says, you know, which chamber, the good chamber or the bad chamber? <laughs> and the king's like, well, the newly refurbished chamber, which is the bad chamber, but now that it's refurbished, it's not the bad chamber anymore. He's like, maybe we should number these instead. <laughs> and it's just like this weird aside, and it's such like that is such a Monty Python joke. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm watching. Um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, you right. have this this like serious uh serious story and then people are having this side comment about how do we how do we talk about the chambers and when the bad chambers refurbished and remodeled and isn't bad anymore? Oh, yeah. Should we call it the new chamber? Should we call it chamber number two? And the whole setting is it like a citadel or like this medieval kind of Exactly. I got those vibes too. And also a little bit like Princess Bride kind yes. of humor. Um when they're doing like the the poison drinks yep. right like it, yeah. it felt like that kind of game or like um another one too uh Gwen, the green knight mm-hmm. also felt like that you have these series of challenges it's a medieval setting and absolutely. it's like kind of goofy absolutely yeah and 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 so so i loved that that joke landed really well yeah, with me yeah. that that's the kind of stuff i like so we get to the prison cell and they're like this is a prison cell, but it's so nice. And then Aang's like, "Well, he didn't say it was refurbished, so that, that's <laughs> a little throwback." <laughs> um, they they try to uh, look for ways to escape, so they're going to try to use the air vents and send Momo through the air vents. But Momo's been fattened by the feast, so yes. he just like doesn't fit. Do you think it was from the feast? I think it was, but I don't know if now I'm just getting all into theories. Well, he's <laughs> definitely fattened by the feast, whether that was the intent of the king or not. Yeah, I'm. Sh- it's got to be because that's right. such a great move. Yeah, yeah, genius. Like so many steps ahead. So Ang's and Ang is trying to get Momo to go find Appa, and 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 Sokka's like, "How's Appa gonna help us?" And Ang makes a pretty good point here. He's like, "Appa's a ten-ton flying bison. and I think he'll figure something out." <laughs> yes, I wrote in my notes. Appa is a queen. Like you do not disrespect Appa. <laughs> like, you will see through the series that Appa is like far and above the most important character. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we see uh, Aang wakes up and Sokka and Katara are gone. And the king announces he will free them once Aang completes the yeah. challenge. Boy slept hard. Yeah. The yeah. king took his friends. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they, they've had, they've been traveling. Think about like when you've been traveling for a while and you get a nice comfy bed. Like, when, you know, when either you get back yeah. home or you're in a nice hotel room, you're like, yeah, I'm going to sleep hard I tonight. Papa's comfy. But uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's not the same though. Yeah. Right. So um, 
so Aang is with the king, and, and he says, the king says, you know, first, tell me what you think of my new outfit. And he's got this sort of ill-fitting purple. It's extravagant. Garish. Yeah. <laughs> it's a choice. And, and I love Aang's answer. Aang, like, thinks about it, and he says, I think it's fine. Like, <laughs> like it's like not superlatives not negative but like it's fine and the king's like well you passed the first test you know not one of the deadly challenges the real challenges are more challenging right again the the humor the writing on this episode is different than any other oh, yeah and i think they just decided we're gonna make this character funny and almost not quite fourth wall breaking but the humor <laughs> kind of does the humor points out the absurdity of like what we're talking yeah, about yeah and uh, the voice actor himself is so good absolutely right so at this point ang threatens the king uh, but the king shows that he's put something called geminite or mm-hmm. creeping crystal rings on Sokka and Katara that will slowly grow grow and encase them in geminite yeah and wasn't it like by nightfall mm-hmm. if the challenges aren't completed yes yeah. So we get to the first challenge. Uh, do you want to walk us through the first challenge? Yes, the first challenge. Um, so the king starts out, and it's like he's. It's like you're locked in his crazy mind because mm-hmm. he's like, um, he's like, I lost my lunchbox key, and I'm hungry. <laughs> and it's like hanging. It's like dangling. And where was it? It the key was like dangling from something in, from like in the chain. middle of a cave. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In some cavern. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and there's like water rushing down around the key. So um, Aang has to like go travel through this rushing water um, and he tries a ladder and like all the while as he's going through these different obstacles, uh, the king is behind him just like making fun of him mm-hmm. like, oh, trying the ladder next. Nobody's That's a novel that idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you and I were talking about how you felt like this ha- This felt like a video game yeah. a little bit. I felt like this whole episode, like I was watching somebody play like a Legend of Zelda game. And this one even looks like it. It's in this cavern. You have a character who's commenting on what you're doing. And it's a puzzle, right? It's mm-hmm. like because the, the, the two obvious things he tries, climbing the ladder doesn't work. Jumping from the top doesn't work. So right. it's like you see him looking around saying, what else is here that can effectively get me this yeah so what does he end up doing um he so he ends up uh breaking off a rock spear and throwing it at the key and then it it kind of um goes through the air and lands right above where the king is standing off to the side uh and so uh, it's dangling above the king's head so first challenge complete so then we get to the second challenge and the king says (laughs) yeah uh they're, they're at this kind of uh the king says that the next challenge is that he needs to retrieve the king's pet flopsy. Yeah, he's like daddy wants a kiss from flopsy. <laughs> it's so creepy. <laughs> so so we cut to this big kind of stone pit and a close up of this really long-eared little Cute bunny. Cute little bunny yeah. sitting on a rock and there's like nothing around it. Yes. I mean this 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 if you heard an animal named Flopsy, this is your first draft that comes to mind, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Right? So we see Aang going down to try to pick it up. He's like, oh, this is easy. Like, I, I found it. I goes to pick it up. And then behind him, he's attacked by this... Uh, Just jacked Yeah, monster. like huge horned, hooved monster. I, I'm trying yes. to think of like what I would compare it to. I thought like a troll, kind of, but hairy... But also, like, had pecs. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, a really bizarre animal. Yeah. And, you know, Aang is uh, is sort of being chased by this thing as he's chasing the bunny, which runs away because it's, it's scared. But then Aang quickly realizes that the beast 
is Flopsy. Right. He like turns around like little Flopsy. For Flopsy one disappears and then he's like, "Wait, Flopsy?" <laughs> and the the animal like completely just settles down. Yeah, changes its demeanor. So really it looks scary, but it's more like a like a, like a dog that looks scary, but it just wants to play with you. Like it's it's aggressive, but it's aggressive in like wanting to like to play. Yeah. Right? So that made me think like honestly, there's not really any real danger in that challenge right? right like he was he would never have been hurt by it i don't think. right there's only the perceived danger but maybe it's the kind of thing where if you treat that as a foe it will fight I right. mean, i'm guessing that's True. what it is so it's like if you treat it like it's an adorable creature it will act adorable sure. if you treat it like it's an enemy it will be an enemy like a watchdog almost or something exactly yeah, yeah. interesting so um then <laughs> the the flopsy comes to the the king and sort of lays down on its back and the king's like rubbing its belly very very dog-like yes you know at this point um, and we cut to Katara and Sokka, and they are increasingly covered in crystals. So the, the clock is ticking here. Like it's up to their necks, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, at this point, yes. So now we get to the the third challenge. We're in this big, empty indoor arena. This also feels like a video game because we have these different venues, and it's like, and now we're going to do the next thing. Oh, but yeah. the weird thing is it's like an arena, but nobody's there except our characters. Right. Right. Uh, so he says, the final test is a duel, and you may choose your opponent. And then like these two... You know, different but big, powerful, beefy warriors come right. in. You know, and are on, 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 on either different side weapons. of the weapons. Yep. And the king says, "You can you can point to whoever you want, and that's who you'll face." And we think that Aang is outsmarting him and saying, because he points to the middle, he points to where yeah. the king is, and says, "I'll fight you." <laughs> and then the king says, "Uh." You made the wrong choice. Right. Or did he? We'll come to see. Right. right. This also felt a little bit like Princess Bride with the choosing of the wine, yes. too, and like trying to outsmart that that mm-hmm. person. Yeah. So so Aang takes the one that seems visually obvious, but then the king reveals some things about himself. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. He, like, rips off his clothes. <laughs> you should. He's He is ripped. The man is built. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know his workout routine. And he is old, yet still, like, kind of a silver fox. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you're into that. <laughs> he Like, he doesn't have his hunchback anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, he had looked just kind of frail, almost like Aang at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Aang puts on this cane and this hunchback and puts on this disguise that he's older and frail. And yet, like, we see that happening here. So that's why right. it also felt almost like a series of games, too. Yeah. Like, this big reveal at the end that all of this was just a charade. Absolutely, right? So we and we we find out not only is he ripped, but he's also an earthbender. Right, yes. And I was too caught up in the muscles, but yeah, he's an earthbender. Yeah, and he says, you know, I'm the most powerful earthbender you'll ever see. And we see that he is. And this is really interesting to me because this is the first time. We, we waited till episode five until we found somebody who's a match for Aang. Every other time he faces someone, even Zuko or someone like that, it's like... And can kind of dispatch them right away. Right. And he kind of innovates his way out of it usually. Yeah. But this is clearly not going to be the case here, right? He's met a worthy foe for the duel. Um, and Aang's <laughs> like, can I go fight the guy with the axe instead? <laughs> yeah. To which the king says, there's no take back season, my kingdom. It's a great <laughs> which is line. Also like this great, like, yeah, like child childhood kind of line. Um and now what's interesting is he gives Aang his staff back, right? Because he wants this fight to be fair and fun. We can tell. Again, this is that sort of the madness in him mm-hmm. um, a little bit. Uh, so talk me through the fight a little bit. 
Oh man. Um well, we don't need to go into like blow by blow detail, but the, <laughs> the the king is definitely winning, right? Oh yeah. And the whole time he's again he's taunting like he was in the previous challenges, but it felt a little bit more like training to me, almost like when we were watching Zuko train with Iroh. Mm, it felt a little bit like that, didn't it? Like yeah. oh, um, Seeing like, oh, that's a typical airbender tactic. Like, I could see that coming from miles right. away. Well, and it's interesting what the airbender tactic is, which is evade and avoid. Right. He's, which, again, maybe fits the monk-like quality of the yeah. airbenders to be like, yeah, we're not – we don't use this to attack. We use this to avoid. Right. Right? So what's interesting is um, – <clears throat> He says, uh, you don't have any surprises for me. Sooner or later, you'll have to strike back. Right. So he says, like, like you can never win if you're only going to be defensive and avoid and avoid and avoid. Right. But eventually you need to swing back. So, I mean, this feels very much like a like an end boss in a video game, right? Yes. And so, so, like, that logic continues because now we've, we've reached what is uh, seemingly the final challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it so, felt like Bowser. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and even the music has a little yes. bit of that feel, right? Yeah. It felt like you're like in a volcano level or something. And yeah. Right. So we finally see Aang strike back by sending like a, a, a bolt of air and the king just like pulls up this like stone wall in front of him and makes another bad joke about, oh, it seems a little yeah, drafty he in like here. leans around the wall. So yeah. many one-liners. Uh, um. So then the uh, the king pulls – there's a big rock behind Aang and the king pulls it to himself. And now what's interesting is what does Aang do as that big rock is coming towards the king? Oh, did, um, he, he He dodges out of the way. He yeah. does this like it's, – it's almost like a shot from the Matrix where he like jumps and like oh, just, yeah. just barely bends back to avoid it. Like he's doing like a Fosbury flop over it. <laughs> um, and then the, the rock attacks the king basically because he's pulling it towards him. Right. So what's interesting is we see there that evading and avoiding can be striking back. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, the king blocks that that rock eventually, but it is this sense of, OK, well, that is actually a blow. Oh, that yeah. Aang is striking. Like Aang is seeing it a little bit differently than right. what it originally looked like. Yeah. Then the king takes this huge chunk of earth, like rips off part of the wall. And we see uh. Aang creating a whirlwind, which when the rock comes towards him, it basically throws it back at the king. And as the king is sort of stunned a little bit by that coming back then we see ang like jumping at him mm-hmm. right and so the and and has the stick right at the king so basically ang's like i've got you now mm-hmm. right um and it reminds me of the scene when when um zuko is dueling with zao and zao's like do it like at this yes. is the point now but the king like acknowledges like you did it. You won, right? He says, you know, well done, Avatar. You fight with much fire in your heart. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. Did Because did you kind of clock that? Like, f- the use of fire is like, oh, someone's actually using that in a good way. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I don't think that's ever been said before in the series. So, yeah. So the so the, the king concedes and he says, uh, you've passed all my tests, uh, but now you must answer one question. And Aang's like, come on. I did, <laughs> I did the challenges. You got to let me go. And here is, uh, and I think that that the um, the king says something interesting here. He says, "What's the point of tests if you don't learn anything?" Yeah. So it's not that I've been testing you, but I've been teaching te- teaching you. Yeah. So let's see if you've learned anything from these tests. Yeah. Right. So what is the the final question? So he asks, "What's what is my name?" Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "I'll give you a couple minutes to think it over." Like such a teacher move, right? right like right. sit and dwell on it. Think about everything. And you'll come up with the answer. Yeah. So, so Katara and Sokka help out. Katara says, "Think about the challenges. There must it must be some kind of riddle." Right. And Sokka says, "It 
is it Rocky? <laughs> right? He's a he's an earthbender. It's like <laughs> such dad humor. Katara has the greatest line though, because she's trying to not be discouraging. She says, uh, we're gonna keep trying, but that's a good backup. <laughs> like that's a very funny line. <laughs> um and then we see Aang sort of reflecting and thinking, and he says, Everything was different than I expected. I had to think differently than I usually would. Yeah. And then like we see the light bulb turn on. So now we cut to the throne room of the king, and it's Aang and the king. Uh, and Aang says to him, as you said a long time ago, which is already like a, a tip off to say, okay, Aang has figured this out. He says, as mm-hmm. you said a long time ago, I had to open my brain to the possibilities. Yeah. And the king starts to laugh, and he snort laughs, just like... Boomy! Just like Boomy. The reveal. Yes, and Aang says, Boomy, you're a mad genius. It's so sweet. And especially, so you see Aang, like, tearing up, and they they actually, like, hug each other. They mm-hmm. run at each other and hug. And I think I realize how sweet it is coming out of the last episode where it's, like, him, I think the last one, him dealing with genocide, right? The mm-hmm. last couple episodes. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and, like, going to his home, everyone is gone. All the people he loves are gone. Here's at least one person from his past that's still there. Right, right. And uh, <laughs> and Boomy's one more great joke. He's like, dang, <laughs> you haven't changed a bit, literally. Right. <laughs> like, he's like... <laughs> Why am I this 112-year-old man and you're still 12? Still going to say, dude looks good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. Um, so then then Boomy frees Katara and Sokka. And again, another thing that didn't look like it appeared. I mean, Sokka should have loved this because he says, Gemini is made of rock candy. So yeah. basically, you've just been surrounded by candy this whole time. Right. <laughs> right? So even the peril is not that. So now I, I just want to read this because... Um, uh, Katara asks, why didn't you just tell Aang who you were? Like, why did you go through all of this? And Bumi, the king, Bumi, says something that I think is just so full of of pointing us forward. Yep. He says, first of all, it's fun messing with people, <laughs> which, okay. <laughs> he says, Aang, you have a difficult task ahead. The world has changed in the hundred years since you've been gone. It's the duty of the Avatar to restore balance to the world by defeating Fire Lord uh, Ozai? Mm-hmm. Ozai? Yep. I don't know that we've seen that name before. We've no. actually seen uh, Zuko's father's name. He says, you have much to learn. You must master the four elements and confront the Fire Lord. Okay. So we knew the four elements, but now we're we're getting a little bit more of what the mission is here. Um, and he says, and when you do, I hope you will think like a mad genius. Yeah. And he says, so, so he says, okay, that's the first piece of advice. Now, the next thing he says is, it looks like you're in good hands. You'll need your friends to help defeat the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then <laughs> he says, and you'll need Momo too. And this made me think of when we first, when Momo first joins them, right? He reappears in the scene where they're they're talking about how, how am I going to, how's uh, Roku going to talk to me? And, right. and Katara says, you'll find a way. And it sort of cuts to Momo. And I'm like, okay. Is, I mean, there's something going to be, I don't, I don't exactly know what that's going to be, but Momo is clearly not just a comic relief R2D2 character, but yeah. is, or maybe is an R2D2 character where it's like far more than we realize kind of thing. You know, like, I don't mm-hmm. know if he's uh, an incarnation of past avatar verse. I don't know. Right. I mean, cause Aang is that. So like, I don't exactly know how the math works on this but clearly something that i already sort of thought it's like okay this this character is going to be really important yeah oh my gosh that's a great point and it's yeah i think that's one of the takeaways for me too 
and we'll probably talk about this more later, but like the anthropomorphizing of animals in this. Yes. And as someone who likes talking about animal ethics, it's interesting to see like they they're not pets. Like right. they exist on their own in their own mm-hmm. bo- like ha- they have their own autonomy and agency and, and, and agency <laughs> and are of extreme importance. Like being like Appa, he's he's a ten. What did they say? Ten ton, ten ton bison. bison. Like he can do what he wants. Like yeah. he could actually save us. Or like yeah. Momo being this. Yeah, he's not. Imp- he's not Aang's part. horse. He, right. Right. He's he's part of the family. They're actually characters. As we go back to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then the episode ends. Aang says, "I have one challenge for the king," and the, it, it it ends with them sliding down uh, the mail chute together, and we hear a crash and one one last my cabbages. <laughs> Right. So uh, we have a few minutes here uh, to wrap this up. What are big themes or observations are, you know, that, that you've seen in this episode? I think you're exactly right in saying that last couple sentences from Boomy is... Fraught with portent. Oh, my gosh. Like, at the start of the episode, we hear Aang try to describe what the role of the Avatar is, and he can't even do it. And now we have Boomy saying, these are your steps. This mm-hmm. is everything laid out in front of yeah, you. Yeah, it's a job description almost. Yes. And... and uh, and we realize, like, oh, this was a boss, right? Like, this is like just one stop in this video game, and like mm-hmm. at the end is this final battle, yep. essentially that we're anticipating. Um, we don't know what it's going to look like, but and we know it's much with of, Lord Ozai, right? And how much of that final battle is going to, in some ways, mirror this? Oh, to yeah. Be like, okay, this was the training battle to be like. Now, when you go to this other one, what have you learned? Yeah, and because, will Momo be there? Right, <laughs> because because. Um, uh, Boomy says, like, I hope you approach it like a mad genius, yeah. right? He's saying, like, like you need to think like I think in order to do this, right? Because yep. because Aang is the one who initially calls Boomy a mad genius, and then it you know, and then it comes back, right? Right. Um, a- absolutely. I mean, I think there there's so much in that. I mean, other things that that I thought of. Um, we talked about some of these things that not all of the connections to Aang's previous childhood are gone. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, is Boomy going to be the only one? Are we going to encounter other people? We don't know how long people live in this world. Right. True. Because yes. nobody's like, wow, this king has – I mean, nobody – it's just like, yeah, he's just the king. Right. right? Like, so so there's that. Um, and we also realize that there are seriously powerful benders in the world like Boomy. Uh, but we haven't met any of them yet. Except I wonder if Iroh is because mm. Iroh just dispatches Zhao. Like he watches yep. the duel, but when Zhao tries to fire back, it's just like, nope, we're done here. And so yeah, he's training. He's training Zuko. Right. Too, so, so I'm wondering, you know, Mr. Miyagi, like if like <laughs> if anybody steps to him, is it is it is he is he powerful like that? Yeah. How many of how many benders at that level exist? You know, are there just a few? Are there a lot? That's something we we definitely don't know. Um, like I said, we see a big city for the first time. So, like, I feel like we're starting to build out the world a little bit mm-hmm. more. Um, I'm also wondering, are we going to see Boomy again? I mean, is yeah. this is this the end of him? Do we see the death of Boomy? Does, like, does Aang have to come back in some ways with that? You know, he has an actual, he has another friend in this world now, right? Right. So, like, that's, and uh, is aware of that. And you almost wish he could come with, too. Right. Like, I wish Boomy would just be like, yeah, I can come with you guys. I'm this powerful. Right. But it's interesting that he he like essentially passes it on to the younger generation and is like, you need your friends mm-hmm. to do that with you. And Absolutely. Your, and your monkey. I th- and, uh, Yeah. And, and I think if we're thinking about other things that this episode teaches us too, like we've learned that they they really do know they need to hide Aang's identity. But at the same time. We were wondering if Aang's going to lead them on side quests, and it sure seems like he still is, right? Like, I (laughs) I can't imagine this will be the last one. But 
how much does Aang know that these side quests are actually not just about having fun? Like, how much is it about he's trying to maybe he's trying to get the band back together of like who were my friends and oh, let's figure out sure. who's, who else is out there because if there's going to be this big climactic thing at the end, maybe he's going to need to call on all of these people. Sure. Right. Yeah. So maybe he's building a coalition and we don't see that yet. Mm. There's a lot of people in that city and there's a lot of earth benders in that city, not just people. Yeah. So like, is he, is he getting, making sure Boomy's around and it's like, okay, when I need you, you're going to be there. We don't see that, but we don't know what they talked about on the way yeah. up, you know, on the way up to go down that slide. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. So um, what I also think is interesting is that this episode doesn't launch us into an obvious next episode. Yeah. You know, it's like, where are they going from here? We don't know. We have no idea. I, you know, and I still wonder, like, why are they not just flying to the North Pole? I don't know. I don't know what, like, Appa's range is. <laughs> yes. I don't know. You How know. big is this world? Is it like, yeah, right? Exactly, right? So, like, so I don't know. Are we continuing on land? Are we gonna, going back to water? And again, this is book one, water. And there's been very little uh, mm-hmm. other than the beginning. Like, we're in the world of the Earthbenders. So, yeah. Um, to me, that will launch us into uh, episode six, which will be coming up, uh, which will be coming up next. So, uh, Annie, if people are listening uh, along with us, we hope you're listening and watching the show along with us. Please email us at channel3900 at gmail.com. With your questions, your comments. Yeah, come join the show with us. We'd love to read your thoughts about episodes. So if, as yeah. you watch, please send in questions, send in thoughts. Um, and we will be right back in the feed with episode six. Imprisoned. Imprisoned.